Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim target sacrificial love. I want to thank y'all for joining me. For those who are first time listeners, I'm currently in a series entitled Jesus, the realest relationship you'll ever have. This is a nine part series. This is part eight. If you haven't already, feel free to listen to parts one through seven where I shared some key aspects on why Jesus is the realest relationship you'll ever have. The motivational aim, sacrificial love, covers how Jesus' sacrificial love is evident in his real relationship with us. I want to share the definition of sacrifice and love. Sacrifice can be defined as the act of giving up something that is valuable and precious to someone in an attempt to assist, help, or aid another. Love can be defined as a strong devotion, affection, admiration, attachment, and care for someone. Looking at those two definitions from those two words, sacrificial, sacrifice, and love, Jesus has sacrificed for us and he loves us. So he is the epitome, he is the standard of sacrificial love. When it comes to our relationship with Jesus, Jesus is out in the open with his sacrificial love for us. Jesus is not walking around and he did not walk around denying his relationship with us. We've probably denied him and we've probably walked around not sacrificing our love towards him, but he's never done that. And if you think of a relationship outside of Jesus, we know Jesus is the realest relationship you'll ever have, but just for an example, have you ever been in a relationship? And I don't care what type of relationship it was. It could have been business-related, romantic relationship or friendship, family relationship, associate, whatever. And let's say this happened to you, or you could have done this to somebody, but a relationship was going on. Word gets around to the other person that somebody's not claiming them in the relationship. They're denying them in that relationship. Or somebody is, well, it's still the same thing, but somebody is diminishing the level of intimacy or closeness in that relationship. So let me give you an example. There's a romantic relationship taking place between two people. Somebody not in the relationship, somebody on the outside who's seen these people together, they ask one of the individuals within that relationship, hey, what's up with you and -and so-and-so? How y'all doing? How are they doing? And then the person who's going to deny the relationship states, Who? Shit, like, no, I'm not with them. That's my family member. Knowing that they're in a romantic relationship (laughs) with this person, they say they're family members. Or they say, Nah, I. I don't even like them like that. They like me. I don't like them. They like me, though. I mean, I'm just being cool with them because 
I feel sorry for them. It's like they need somebody to talk to, and I'm always there because I'm such a good listener. But I don't like them like that. No, they just like me. I don't like them at all. I mean, I just talk to them because I feel sorry for them. They just won't leave me alone. That's why every time you see me with them, they're walking with me. I'm not necessarily walking with them. It's just, you know, so <laughs> together. Man, you tripping. Let me give you another example. This is a scenario with a family member. Same interaction. Somebody on the outside sees two family members conversing. They see one of the people in the relationship by themselves, and they ask, Hey, what's going on with your, uh, your family member? How's your mama? Man, quit playing. Mama? Man, you take it a little too far. You know I don't know who that is. You got jokes. You know that's not my mama. Now, that is their mama. That is their mama. They're just embarrassed. So they don't want to claim their mother. Or they do it with the sibling. Hey, how's your sibling? <laughs> there you go playing. <laughs> you, you know I don't know them, man. That, that, I mean, when y'all was in school, y'all said y'all was brother and sister. Y'all not. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I have no relation with that person. Isn't that your daddy? There you go. Always with the jokes. I could have sworn that was your daddy. <laughs> Man, I'm out of here. You play too much. Another example with some friends. Somebody on the outside has seen these friends together, and they just go ask one of the individuals in the relationship, Hey, how's your friend doing? You know, I saw your friend. Who? Man, I... I don't even know who you're talking about. I haven't talked to them in so long. Well, I just saw y'all yesterday. <laughs> Man, you had me confused with somebody else because I haven't talked to them in a minute. It's been a long time. Or the person who doesn't want to claim them, they just flip up the whole scenario. They start talking about something else just to get off of that topic. Now, the examples I've just provided, either it's happened to you or you've been the person to do that to someone else in a relationship you were with. Things like that happen. Now, for the person who is not being claimed, they're looking like, oh my gosh, they said that? That's my family. That's my friend. That's my spouse. That's my employee. That's my coworker. That's my group mate. That's the person I'm involved with. <laughs> Scenarios like that happen all of the time. Within that example, you saw how a person was in a relationship, but when it was time for someone to claim them or to express their love for them in public, they were rejected and there was no expression of outward love, admiration, affection, or care whatsoever. As I stated earlier, we might do that to people, but Jesus does not do that to us. 
Jesus lays it down real clear. He lets us know in Luke, the ninth chapter and the 26th verse, that we don't need to be playing around about denying him. We don't need to be walking around ashamed of our relationship with him either. Luke, the ninth chapter and the 26th verse states, Whoever is ashamed of me, this is Jesus talking, whoever is ashamed of me in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Since Jesus is the realest relationship one will ever have, I don't believe anyone wants to get to the end of their life. They see Jesus And all throughout their life, they were ashamed of him. They were denying that they knew Jesus. They were denying that they were in a relationship with Jesus. They were denying that they knew Jesus. They were making it look like they were not in a relationship with Jesus whatsoever. They was going home, praying to him, praying to him in the car, talking to him in the car, talking to him every five minutes, reading his word. But when they got out in public... They wanted to let the world see them as individuals, not as an individual dependent on Jesus Christ. Now, they come to the end of their life. Eternity is the next step. They see Jesus and they tell Jesus, Hey, Lord, you know I always loved you, right? Lord, I look at you. I knew you would make it. Jesus. King of kings, man. You are the Lord of lords. Look at you in all your glory and splendor. You were so radiant. I I knew you was radiant. I always knew you had it in you. You're just so successful now. If only I had it in me at the time, you know. You always been good to me. You know that, right? Was out there looking past my faults and my prideful deeds, always looking past my mistakes. You, you, you're just a good person all around. You know that? Anybody told you that? that you're the standard? You are the prize? You're just so loving. If, if only I was loving. It's just so good to know that you finally made it. and You said you loved me. and Thank you for just letting me come on in. Lord, why are you looking at me like that? Lord... Stop, stop, Lord. Stop. You you know I know not what I do. That's why I love you. Cause you just have a good heart. Who you and you know my heart. Who Lord, you're just so good. So which way do I go? Right here? Let's say a person says all of that to Jesus, the one who they denied. In front of God, in front of God and the angels, Jesus says to this person, Oh, hold up. You were ashamed of me. Remember? You were embarrassed of my relationship with you. I mean, you was up here praying to me and talking to me to get you out of bonds, and I was doing that, and you was whispering to yourself of, how good I was, but when you got in front of these people, when it's time to display your love towards me, you were boldly declaring that you did not know me. You were embarrassed of my love. 
my loyalty, my support. You were embarrassed of my blessings when I blessed you with things. You tried to hide them and diminish the value and the intimacy of what I did for you so you can appease people who didn't care about you the way I did. You were embarrassed of my support. You were embarrassed of my promise-filled words to you. When I declared blessings and promises over your life, you just rejected that. You went to go listen to lies, and you went to go cuddle up with lies, opposed to getting to know me. I was the one interested in you. I came to you time and time again. You know I sacrificed my life for you. I let everybody in the entire world know that the relationship I wanted with you was going to be something that was just so valuable. It was a real treasure. But you didn't want that. You were ashamed. You didn't include me in anything. You didn't want me around. You did things to make me, or you thought I was going to walk out on the relationship. You rejected me. You denied me. You lowered my impact in your life. You knew I was the one supplying your needs. But you were out there talking about how you were the source. You never thanked me. Nobody ever did anything for you without it going through my father's hands to allow you to have it. You worshipped people and didn't worship me or my father. You were ashamed to bring my name up in public. You were ashamed to tell people all of the dynamic things I did for you and what I meant to you. You were ashamed to bring me up at your job. You were ashamed to bring me up with your family. You were ashamed to bring me up with your friends. You only came to me secretly when you wanted something. And when I came through for you, you didn't thank me, but you went to go squander what I gave you and what I worked for. You gave it to pigs. You gave it to scoundrels. You gave it to people with trashy morals and trashy values and trashy ways. But now you see me at this table, a table prepared in the presence of my enemies. And now you want to talk to me? Now you are in need? Now you see that I'm a promise prover? You see my words are true? You see that I'm victorious? You see me on the right hand of God the Father. You see me at the very place where I told you I'd be. You see me with all this power, glory, and authority. I had this when we were together. I had this when I was pursuing you. I had this when I was interested in you. I had this all before. What's different now? And now you're talking about you love me. Oh, I see you, Lord, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Look at you, successful, you're glorious, you're radiant. No, you was ashamed of me then, and I'm ashamed of you now. Just thinking about that example right there, that's enough for me to go pray and just go sit somewhere Indian style as I rock back and forth, just pondering on that. Shout out to the special guests in the background. 
But that is a real reality check or an eternity check. And that happens a lot in earthly relationships when someone is ashamed of the one they're with. That person lives their life. They find out that the person is ashamed of them. They don't want to claim them. They don't want to be tied to them. And when that person accepts that and they live their life, they're doing what God told them to do. Obedience produces success in their life. And that success is attractive to the one who denied them now. And this happens sometimes, not all of the time, because some people don't care about what anybody is doing. But in the event where somebody does care, and now they realize, oh my goodness, I let a treasure go. So when they see them on the come up, they tell them, hey, you know what, you all right. I knew you had it in you. You're just so successful. I told people me and you were cool. We were together. Back then, boy, we were inseparable. And I told them, you know, you've always been the same, man. You were always smart, always handsome, just so beautiful and pretty. Now, rewind. The person who was denied, no, that was not true. You were denying me. These special guests right here want to be heard. They want to be heard. But we're going to press forward and press through. But back to the people who were denying you or denying somebody. They know these people were denying me. Um, You didn't care about me then. And what do they do when somebody tries to flatter them with all of those responses because they see where they are in life? Some people will tell somebody to get all the way found. Go get found. (laughs) You denied me then, keep denying me now. Just keep doing it. Keep up with it. Now, a person might be able to recover and bounce back from denying someone in a relationship. But I don't know if somebody can recover from denying Jesus. And then Jesus doing something similar to what somebody would do. Like, oh, hey, you was ashamed of me, so I'm ashamed of you. I don't think that's going to feel too good. My main target is to express how Jesus does not do this to anyone when he is in a real relationship with them. He is the one showing people loud and clear where they can see it without a doubt that he loves them and he will sacrifice for them. We can even look at the individuals that I addressed and went over in parts one through seven. You can go back and listen to that or if you remember, in each one of those interactions and exchanges when people were in a real relationship with Jesus, Jesus displayed his sacrificial love for them. Now, Jesus did that for them, and Jesus is doing that for us, and he's done it for us. He did that for you, he did it for me, and he did it for humanity by dying on the cross for our sins. There are some relationships people are in where they are ashamed of the person. And when a person is ashamed, it could warrant the examples I gave 
when somebody denies them. Somebody might be ashamed of someone's actions. Somebody might be ashamed of someone's lifestyle. Somebody might be ashamed of their existence. But Jesus comes right in the middle of all of that when we choose to have a relationship with him. And he's not ashamed of us at all. He is not ashamed of your past, your present, or your future. He's not hiding the relationship. He's not walking with you, denying you at the same time. He's not talking to you and denying you at the same time. He's not doing all of these sacrificial loving acts and then denying you at the same time. He's not doing that. People might do that to you. You might do it to people. But Jesus is not doing that to us whatsoever. He's not doing it. It's not in his nature to do. Jesus didn't hide his relationships. He let people know who he was with, who he walked with, who he talked with. He stayed in people's homes and he let people know about that. He took up for people. He supported people. People knew when Jesus was in a relationship with somebody. And can people see that you are not ashamed of God's sacrificial love? Can people see that you're not ashamed of being in a relationship with Jesus? Are you claiming Jesus in your actions, your words, and your deeds? Jesus died for the sins of the world. Jesus made sure that you were under the protective covering of him. And this just made me think about something. When somebody truly loves you, somebody truly loves you, they are protective. Boy, they are so protective, they can't even hide that. They are so protective for the person that they are in a relationship with, the person that they love. Jesus is the same way. Jesus is protective over the ones he is in a relationship with. And we know he's protective because he sends angels to encamp around us because we love him and he cares for us. And then he died on the cross for our sins. That is a lot of protection right there. Jesus sacrificed so much for us so that we know that he loves us and that we know his Father, God the Father, loves us too. Jesus is the realest relationship because you were worth dying for. You were worth saving. You are worth giving another chance to. You're worth it and you are worthy in his eyes. Jesus sacrificed for you and in doing so he displayed the greatest love one will ever know. Jesus publicly declared in the midst of his suffering and sacrifice his love for you. Other people might not publicly declare their love for you or even their like for you but Jesus will always display it and share his love for us. Don't be ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. A relationship with Jesus is a blessing and a lifesaver. And a scripture I would like to leave you with is 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter in the 4th through the 7th verse. And it states, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. 
it is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And just hearing that scripture is explanation enough on what sacrificial love looks like. Thanks for tuning in. Visit Dr. Kenitra Bryant to download Jesus, the realest relationship you'll ever have Bible study. And on the site, you can grab some apparel aimed to inspire and remind you of who you are in Christ. You can connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target and on the YouVersion Bible app where you can download, subscribe, and complete a variety of Bible devotionals aimed to remind you that Jesus is indeed the realest relationship you'll ever have. May God bless you with joy, focus, and resilience. Peace and God bless.